time, we're blessed to have our second message for today by Mr. David Hope. I would say good morning or good afternoon, but it depends on how your watch is. I'm right, right close to the borderline. I guess if we wanted to get technical, we could say, well, if we're on daylight saving time or the other, if, if we were on real time, you know, it'd still be morning. So I'd be safe on that fact. It's good to see everyone here today. We have some people that are here that weren't here yesterday, and some people that were here yesterday ain't here today. So, and uh, I was looking for Mr. Petty. He was the one who gave the message yesterday, and I wanted to ask him about, you know, he was, oh, there he is, way back here. I'm sorry, uh, Gary. Uh, you were talking about the hair, you know, you're, you're a lover, you think you're a lover and all that, but what if you have most of your hair down here? <laughs> don't, I don't know if that means anything or not, but. <laughs> yeah, like most speakers, I plan to make a message this year at the feast, you know, like most all of our speakers do. We have to try to make it uplifting and educational and encouraging and and uh, we want to have a uh, I started off like some of the others and I guess Mr. Petty the way he talked yes, yesterday that he even changed his mind, you know, a day or so ago. And I like to, and I mentioned this to Tolson, I don't know why I always talk about why I get to where I am. It's just, you know, maybe it's, uh, I don't have enough filler or something. But anyway, uh, I like to start ahead of time and make a note down, you know, on a particular subject, sounds good, and, and uh, you know, and, and work on it. And then sometimes, well, those will fizzle out a little bit, and you start another one. Well, this particular time, I was really struggling at home, and I had several messages, I thought, or titles, subjects, that I thought were really good. And one of them, even when one of my older daughters were at the house and we were talking, and just, just that generated a, uh, a message, you know, though, boy, that is really good, you know, how progressive sin is and how a little bit here, you know, and all that, you know, and how people didn't start off uh, uh, stealing cars, murdering, robbing, you know, they start off little, and, but it fizzled, you know, so I didn't go where, and I had about six or seven different places and I even have the old scrap paper here with me if I run out of ideas I can still go into it but anyway and I thought well since since all of the thoughts that I had I feel were were worthy of a message itself I, I thought instead of chucking it and and losing any more sleep which I did lose a lot of sleep uh, I decided to uh, combine two or three of these just to make them points, you know, not necessarily the subject itself, but points, and they can fit in anywhere. And, and it is good, too, because most of what I had down have either already been spoken, been, been there, and uh, some of them have been full-fledged sermons, so uh, I'm just going to hit a, a few highlights. Of, you know, some of my message may cover a little of the highlights and go into uh, you know, not near as much detail as what they did, but uh, the title is Testimonials, Protection, and Confidence, and you wonder, well, what does all this have to do with each other, you know? But uh, one of the things that I had on my notes here a few weeks ago, I would like to see, and maybe, maybe some of you would make uncomfortable, but I would like to see at times, I like to hear testimonials from people. I guess they did that in the Baptist Church. Uh, we have uh, 
uh, Ken Barton was a long time Baptist member and, and some of you were too and, and they had some good things but uh, they, they had testimonials didn't they uh, you know, my wife and I went to Baptist Church when we were kids and they were good you know we got a lot of benefits out of it but you know like Mr. Pettit yesterday really really hit a good point with me and uh, and I'm sure a lot of you too and you know there was a testimonial in a sense he didn't you know get up and, and, and apply it to be that and he may not have even had it in his notes but that's very encouraging to hear and see how God has intervened with his people we used to hear that a lot back in the early days of, of our coming to church and I'm older than Mr. Petty but he's older than I am spiritually He's got about 10 or 12 years or so over me. I didn't start until, uh, well, I was about 24, and you were, what, nine, did you say? Something like that when he was little. And uh, so, so he's older than I am. I respect him, as I do you others, too. But uh, anyway, but the, a couple of the testimonials he gave was very, very, I thought, uh, encouraging. And I'd like to hear some things about some of you. And even back home, I would like to hear some about some of our home people that I, and especially some of our newer people that I don't really know that well. And, you know, it's very interesting to know and understand why you're here and how you got here. You know, there's, there's stories, and in, in sure, in a lot of your lives, and the older generation, you know, that are still here, uh, some of, most of them came across from the radio prog program or something, World Tomorrow, and, and maybe they just happened to hear a broadcast that they normally wouldn't. They were out of sync. They had a flat tire, or they did something, just kind of like some of the people at the Trade Center, you know, that didn't get killed there, or they just had something that put them somewhere else, and they didn't die in the deal. Well, some of you and some of us, us are here because of what we heard when we heard it and uh, but anyway it, I like to hear those things and I also like to hear uh, uh, I'm kind of romanist I guess I like to hear love stories you know how uh, couples get married and, and how they dated and, and I know a little bit about Ken and Glenda and how her, her dad uh, you know had a problem with uh, Ken's long hair at the time and anyway but yeah I love to hear those stories and and I love to see the the marriages go on for years and years but um, Mr. Pettick mentioned a, uh, uh, like I said a while ago, he mentioned a few things, and uh, I'm not going to mention this because it may, Ken may not want me to, and maybe he will later, I don't know. Uh, a lot of the people here from Tulsa know that uh, we have been praying a great deal for his brother. Uh, George Van Dusen and a lot of some of the people that uh, used to go to Tulsa Church uh, years ago know who George is and a tremendous thing maybe maybe Ken will tell that I don't know uh, I, I even thought about uh, part of the, my message is to have different individuals come up here and stand beside me and hand them the microphone and, and give me you know a really good powerful story or so but I've never done that before and I didn't know how long it would take and, and I've heard some people are pretty windy you know and and I'd like to have you know six or seven stories but if you have uh, five or ten minutes on each one they don't they don't last you know you run out of time but anyway but I would like to hear them and, I'm, and I know some of you would too and uh, but he mentioned one thing and and I don't know if some of our newer people are aware of this or even if uh, other people that may be hearing our broadcast uh, later on. But we do, 
uh, he was talking about the anointed cloth and, and the, the details that he went into and had to go, what, 20 miles just to the post office to send it off, that the post office was closed and all that. And it was a dire situation. He had, if you remember, uh, what, 100 and something fever, 106 or something. But anyway, make a long story short, but uh, we, in our case, uh, when my wife and I had first came into the church in, in 1968, uh, we had a situation too. Uh, and not, not too much different than his, but it was our children. We had uh, four children at that time from about, what, six years old down to six months old, I think. And we hadn't been going to church very long, and those that have been around Tulsa area for a long time uh, know that uh, we kept uh, Sabbath services, uh, or we shared pastor with Oklahoma City Church. Art Hewlett was in Oklahoma City Church at that time, and a number of other people, and Richard Prince was a minister, and he and his assistant, John Mitchell, would come over on the Sabbath mornings and have services and then go back to Oklahoma City. And anyway, one, one particular uh, week there, my oldest daughter, with a six-year-old, had come down with uh, dysentery and then vomiting, and she lost a lot of weight. I mean, with just as skinny as a rail. And a few days later, our second daughter, Drenda, came down with it. Same process, you know, just uh, my wife was just busy, you know, cleaning up messes, and I had a nine-hour-a-day job, so I couldn't stay there in the daytime. And it went on, you know, and, and Debbie was still sick. And then all of a sudden, our third child, Charles, was what, about two and a half, something like that. And he was skinny. I mean, he was skin and bone. And, uh, you know, we knew, and he started coming down with early symptoms of it. And we knew if he got the full-fledged benefit, I mean, uh, the sickness that he they had, he probably wouldn't make it because he had... Uh, uh, bronchitic asthma, asthma or something but a lot of stuff he was just a frail little boy you know and we just didn't feel that he'd make it but we knew enough we heard sermons or something or maybe they'd even told us in visiting that they have uh, the anointed cloth so we I called our deacon that was in the area that uh, took care of the people when the ministers were out of town uh, Harold Clement I think and uh, told him that you know we'd like to have an anointed cloth or something or the minister come out and uh, anyway so it wasn't very long after the phone call just like mr petty you know it wasn't very long after they requested the the deal all three of our kids was totally healed uh drenda debbie and charles even though he was just getting into it totally healed you know so i'm i'm a firm believer in the anointed cloth now some some ministers may not want to do that they may not want to send those out but the only you know that's basically when it's inconvenient for a minister to come out and you're a long ways off and uh, but there are scriptures i'm going to read a, a couple of scriptures um see if this one i think acts 19 i don't know how what order i had this in i was rushing around this morning when I was getting ready and normally I print everything with my printer. I put everything on a computer and put big letters and highlight them and put different colors and everything. And then I uh, uh, print it out and then I know exactly what I've got down. But I was in a rush this morning and didn't even put it on the printer. I just have it on my handwritten pencil stuff. So I, um, I'm hoping that, uh, let me see if I've got it down 
Well, I've got script. First scripture I've got down to see if uh, that same one I gave Brian. I've got John four forty six. Is that one I've got? But I'll go with that. It may be a little out of sequence, but uh, I've got John. And like I said, uh, this is the old-fashioned way. You know, years ago, everybody had a Bible, and when we, when the speaker uh, had to go to the Bible, it took a little time for the people to do it too. But uh, nowadays, when we have our computers and all of that, you know, it's, it's instantaneous, and we keep up with it. I don't do my message up here with a computer because it'd go haywire on me. But uh, I've got um, John four, verse forty-six. John, John 4, verse 46. So, so Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee where he made the water wine and there was a certain noble man whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So he's very, very serious. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down there, and my child, or else my child will die. Jesus said unto him, Go your way; your son shall live. So you know, I guess Jesus didn't really necessarily have the time or want to take the time this particular time to go out there so he just told him hey go ahead you know your kid's going to be healed I don't have to be there and the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him and he went his way so Jesus was a good salesman too and he convinced him you know go ahead it'll be all right and uh, and he was now going down and his servant met him down met him and told him saying your son lives then inquired he of them uh, the hour when he began to amend or get well get better and they said unto him yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left kind of like uh, when uh, Mr. Petty began to get healed or when my kids began to get healed so the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him your son lives and himself be relieved and his whole house oh, and himself believed so he believed and his whole house believed so they were converted this again is the second miracle that Jesus did when he came out of Judea uh, and I'm not trying to have the scripture to say we're going to be healed immediately. You know, we know sometimes we don't, but we know sometimes they, they can, and we know sometimes just with the anointed cloth and the faith of the individuals doing that, that, you know, there's nothing in the cloth, but it's just the way that God has done it. And uh, I have another, okay. Uh, and I'll, I'll read the reference that I had on that. Uh, uh, Acts 19 verse 11 short verses here Acts 19 verse 11 and 12 and God saw special or what God wrought or did special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and anyway and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out so this is the main this is the main place where we get that um, 
here several years ago, probably, and I'm guessing maybe 10 years or so, I don't remember now, um, I had a good friend uh, that I went to high school with. When I was 15 years old, we'd been friends, and I moved back to my hometown in Oilton, Oklahoma, and he moved back to uh, his hometown, Duncan, Oklahoma, where I lived two years before I moved out there, but anyway, long story. And uh, we remained friends over the years. We've gone on camping trips when our kids were growing up and go down to Arbuckle Lake and all that. And uh, anyway, make a little story, uh, he, uh, he knew that we went to church on the Sabbath and we didn't really get into much talking about religion. Once in a great while I'd kind of sneak something in, but uh, anyway, but we got a call from him one day and he said, we'd like for you to pray for us. You know, and I said, hey, we can do that. You know, I said, we've got a worldwide thing. And I think that's when Rosie Halley was doing the prayer deal, similar to what Rick does now. And I said, this, this will go out throughout the whole world. And I said, we also uh, believe in uh, uh, having an anointed cloth, you know, that, uh, that, that healing sometimes take place with that. And I said, uh, would you like for me to bring you one? And uh, he said, sure, you bet. Well, that particular weekend coming up, uh, I think it was a, a ladies' conference or something down at Big Sandy, and so we went to it. And, and on the way back, we were coming down uh, on I-35, then jump over to, no, 75, then over to 35, then over to 81, you know, out of our way. But anyway, and, and we spent the night with him, and, and I read uh, the instructions to him and gave him examples, you know, of healing, and, and, uh, and, and we prayed for him on that. And, and uh, anyway, but to make a long story short, he had stage four bone cancer which is pretty serious. And he had stage four lymphoma at the same time. So this is kind of a wild shot, kind of a wild, you know, not, maybe not quite as much as George's was, but, you know, a pretty serious thing. A lot of times you don't recover from that. And, uh, but uh, he did choose to go ahead, in which I don't blame him, and, and, and took his, uh, whatever treatments they took, you know, over to Lawton, Fort Sill over there. And, uh, but, and I told him, I said, we need to destroy this, this uh, cloth because it's, it's not a god, it's not an idol or anything, it's just a symbolic thing. Well, no, Harley put it in his pocket, and when he would go to the, to the uh, uh, treatments and everything, which, you know, uh, I'm not saying it's wrong, it was just something that, that uh, reminded him of, of the request that he gave from God. And, uh, but he had very little sickness through his treatment, where a lot of people were definitely sick. And, uh, but he's, he's alive and well today and doing very, very well. And he gives credit to God for that. Not to the rag, not to the cloth, not for the apron, but he gave, uh, he does give credence to God. So, and he's not in the church, you know. He's a good guy, good, good person, still loving, but he, uh, you know, he, uh, but this is a particular case that, you know, the stage four on two cancers were healed. Uh, we'll turn to uh, uh, John 20th chapter. A little note slipped out. I had a worker in here. You know, I think um, John 20 and verse 15 is what I've got. 
this is breaking into a story that you know right after the uh, uh, crucifixion resurrection of Jesus you know on the first day of the week when you know they went out to the tomb to see Jesus you know there's four four examples of that you know Matthew Mark Luke and John and this particular case we're right here when uh, uh, Mary was looking for him and and uh, uh, let me see okay and Jesus said unto her I'm just breaking in woman why weep you whom seek you she suppose, supposing that he was the gardener said unto him sir if you have borne him or moved him uh, tell me where he has laid where he is laid and I will take him away Jesus said unto her Mary so he recognized you know when she said Mary she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master, Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go and tell my brethren and, and say unto them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. And this is just an aside uh, when, when Jesus said, Touch her not. If, if, if you're familiar, most of us are familiar with uh, what goes on during the Holy Day season, you know, uh, the Passover and the Days of Unleavened Bread. And we know that during the Days of Unleavened Bread, uh, they have what they call the wave sheaf offering. And uh, this is one thing that's symbolic, Jesus appearing before God on, on the first day of the week. Uh, on the morrow after the Sabbath, as it says, as the wave sheaf offering, but later on, you know, uh, he had already received him. But that's just an aside. If you don't believe me, you can look at that and study it on your own, but this is the uh, way I've been taught over the years. Um, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples, that, and, you know, she didn't need it. I mean, she didn't, they didn't believe the, uh, the, the story told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at even, you know, this is, this is the same day uh, coming in close to the first day of the week, being the first day of the week uh, when the doors were shut for where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, and a lot of people will tell you, especially some of your uh, Sunday churches, they'll tell you, well, this was, this was the church service. This was when, when Christ died on the cross. This is when they started the, the Sunday observance because the disciples were, were keeping the, the Sunday Sabbath. And I've heard that many a time. And even some of the commentaries and, and the authors, you, if you find enough, you look at enough of them, you'll find that. They'll even say that this is where they began to do that besides the perversion they have over in Revelation on the Lord's Day. But anyway, uh, uh, up that. Uh, first day of the week where the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, and here's why they were assembled, for fear of the Jews. You know, they just got Jesus and they thought he'd be after him too, them too. Came Jesus and stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And um, see how far I'm going to go. And when he had said, so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. So some people need to have some type of more than just a testimonial. Some people need to have something to happen so they can believe. And I think some of, some of us here, uh, we're, we're kind of skeptical sometimes. But when something happens to us directly, we... You know, 
it it means something just like when i don't think we're quite as drastic as paul but you know being struck down by the light and sound and all that but in some ways you know god has revealed to some of us certain things that we without that type of revelation we just wouldn't believe it there, there are certain things and i'm not going to get into that but uh, i i wouldn't be up here today had it not happened had god not revealed something to me and uh, i know there's other people out here uh, a good friend of mine in the tulsa church has a, a, a phenomenal story but he's afraid to tell it to very many people because people would think oh you're trying to be something you're trying to have people to look at you like you're something great you know you want to be a prophet or teacher or this or that you know and uh, but it's encouraging i believe what the person said it was very you know logical and uh, very dramatic and and i wish some of our people would would say some of those things to us sometimes you know in truth and i know their truth and i know what he said the truth and but anyway uh, i was going to say that uh, uh, some people need something dramatic to wake them up and some people and i go ahead and read the whole context here to uh, to uh, to make my point and uh, and they let me see um, Peace be unto you, and I'm going to read verse 20. I don't know where I was a while ago. I'm going to read 20 again just to get myself in a groove here. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive you the Holy Spirit. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto you, to them. And whosoever sins you retain or retain unto them. And that's a subject all its own, but I'll just say that it's not that the disciples are making up the rules. You know, when they're, when they're in the conversation and people are counseling with them and whenever they make a, a proclamation, a decision, and they both agree on it, you know, this this is binding. But so that, that's too long to write now. And uh, another reason I said that, because some of them may say, oh, well, boy, here's a new doctrine. I haven't heard that. But uh, if you have a problem, you know, get with me later, and I'll, I'll try to clear it up. Verse 24, but Thomas, and here, here's a person that, that, that didn't hear, I mean, didn't believe the, uh, the uh, testimony. He didn't believe the testimony. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciple there uh, other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands and and the prints of the nails. And Matthew mentioned something like that. I think it was Matthew the other day. And put my finger, put my finger to the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his sight. I will not believe. You know. So some of us are a little hard headed. Then after eight days, so here, if that was a Sabbath service, or you know, they were changing it. And, uh, it has nothing to do with the healing, but just an aside. It says, after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus and stood at the door being shut, and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be unto you. So just as an aside, if, if that first, 
the week ago, eight days before, was was a teaching that the teachers uh, Sundays the Sabbath. Well, this was another day. This was eight days. It wasn't seven days. So you know they've got to get just their calendar somewhere or another. Verse twenty-seven. Then said he unto Thomas, Reach here your finger and behold my hands and reach here your hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing and thomas answered and said unto him my lord and my god jesus said unto him thomas because you have seen me you have believed blessed are they that have not seen me and yet have believed and Jesus and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples but which are not written in this book but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that believing you might have life through his name so most of us believe on the things because of the Bible and a number of other things we have proved certain things but blessed we are even if we haven't seen things and but it, it it helps sometimes to to understand and know that other people have experienced those things. Um, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut out a lot of this stuff because hey, uh, I've had testimonials, had protections. I'm just, I'm gonna have to just go really quick through some of this. Um, there's. Um, you know, we know that God had uh, made a lot of promises years ago, you know, and he prophesied America and uh, Britain, and some people may scoff on that too, but we know that we, uh, most, of, most Americans feel that we're a privileged country, that, you know, God made us where we are, why, and, uh, you know, for a purpose, and, and he said that, you know, if you obey me, and, and I'm going to paraphrase here, I had... Uh, uh, some scriptures in Deuteronomy 28, but I'm just going to refer to them for time's sake, and the old timers will understand. They, they already know that. Uh, verse 1 through to 14 talks about if you do such and such things, you're going to be blessed, and, and all of these things and good things are going to happen to you. And uh, verse 15 through uh, 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 15 through uh, 20, I guess. And maybe I'll read just a little bit of it, just just to uh, uh, well, I don't. I think I will. I'll just leave that as a note for you guys to read later, because I, I want to talk just a little bit. But there uh, there are curses and blessings to us, and God says to choose blessings. And uh, and I'm going to quote Ken Barton again. Uh, he's a uh, uh, has a job. He's a retired fireman. Some of some of you know he had what, 26, 36 years, 34 years as a as a fireman, and he works part time now. You know, to get his uh, coffee money and beer money or whatever. But anyway, but he's working with this one guy, and and I think if, I may be wrong on the context on that. And uh, when they were having some of these fires, not last year, but what just a few years ago when they had fires and. And uh, in California, and the guy said, "I don't understand. I may be killing this." Uh, Ken said, "I don't understand what what's going on." And, and Ken said, "Well, maybe God's a little upset." 
He said, it hadn't been that long now, just right after uh, the state of California legalized and okayed uh, same-sex marriage, you know, and said the people didn't want it, but the government did. He said, maybe, I think God's mad. Am I totally wrong on that, Ken? Anyway, you can straighten it out if you need to. I think somebody's setting those fires. And I said, yeah, God. Did you hear that? He said, somebody's setting the fire, and he said, yeah, God. Anyway, I, I knew I was going to butcher that, but uh, uh, I had a situation here a few years ago right after the 9-11, uh, uh, you know, the bombing of the uh, trade centers, you know, and about two or three weeks after that, and I was working for uh, a person, and, and I do carpet cleaning, carpet repair, and, and I happened to be in the upstairs area working, and, and they had a catwalk running from one part of the house to another. And it was open, you know, stair banisters on each side, and the gentleman was down on the uh, uh, first floor there, uh, watching TV or something. But I was on my knees repairing a the carpet there on that catwalk, and, and he was talking, I was listening to him. And he said, well, I just can't get it. You know, people think that God caused the problems. You know, God killing these people or something. And, and he, and he said, well, what do you think? I didn't really want to get into it necessarily, but I said, well, I, I don't know. I said, I, people will say that, uh, that, that God is, a, I mean, America has been a privileged nation. God has blessed us down through the history, down through the years. And, uh, you know, and we could see certain situations where God intervened. And I said, there come a time, some of these people will claim, that uh, God says if you continue to live an immoral life and you progressively get worse, here's the curses that are going to come upon you. And I said, and some people think that God has removed his protection, his hedge about America. And I said, and I don't know that I disagree with that. I said, I think they're right. I think that uh, people have. So anyway, so I want to get that. But uh, one of the things I wanted to mention, we have had so many catastrophes, and I didn't want to end, definitely don't want to end on a negative note, but you know, how many catastrophes have we had in this country just say the last 10, 15, 20 years? And it seems to me that it's escalating. Maybe not, but you know, we've had how many hurricanes? We've had how many forest fires? Last year when we were at the feast down here, uh, we got a call and I had some reason left my cell phone on. I hardly ever have it on, but one of my daughters in California called and said, we need prayer. Uh, we're on fire. We had to evacuate last night. And uh, so we prayed, you know, uh, last year. And uh, finally they got in a lot of damage. Well, this year too, even before they really got into the heavy uh, fire season, they had fires out there too. My wife and I were out there this year uh, for gr uh, college graduation with our grandson in, what, in June? And well, there were fires everywhere starting up again. And uh, we got calls again, you know, we need prayers. And uh, uh, fortunately, either time, uh, neither one of my daughters had to evacuate, but the fires were coming and it destroyed. I mean, it destroyed multiple thousands of acres. And if you've never seen anything like that, it, you, floods, at least you can have something that you can come back to and rebuild in a lot of cases. But these fires, you don't have anything. It's just dust. And, uh, but, uh, and even right now, we're, we're, we have brethren, I'm sure we have brethren down in the Carolinas and the other places where the 
floods have come in this year, water up this high in houses. You know, it, it destroys stuff. I don't know if you've ever been around uh, uh, natural floods like that. You know, when it gets up even, you know, six inches or foot, you know, your mattresses ruin. You know, they're nasty. All of the debris that have come into your house, the, you know, the dead animals, the excrement, you know, all the other stuff, the fertilizers, uh, the refrigerators die. You have antique furniture in there, and they absorb water and shrink up and burst. And, you know, we, and I don't know what the brethren are going to right now that are in the church that are going to the feast. I'm, I'm hoping that some of our brethren aren't experiencing that, but uh, I'm sure they are. But I guess my question is, uh, how many body blows can America take? You know, we take a boxer. I've used this, I think, at Tulsa. But, you know, a boxer uh, boxes around, they spire around, and they exchange blows. But it's not always the, the one sneaky blow, you know, the left hook or something that puts them down. A lot of times it's just a continual body blows, you know, to the kidneys, to the sides. And I'm wondering how many body blows America can take before, you know, we actually go to our knees. Uh, let me just get over here to my last part. And I'm... I'm I did, they didn't give me a time limit, but I'm, I, did, I intended to go uh, a certain period of time. Um, and when I was talking about, well, the title is uh, Testimonials, Protection, and Confidence. And we do have confidence, but we don't want to be arrogant with our confidence. Confident, but not arrogant. And that was one of the titles I was going to give on the message, too. And But it had a lot of the same stuff in it that uh, Mr. Pettit had. And I want to just refer to uh, a couple of scriptures, and, I, and they're, they're real slow, too. But uh, John 6, 44. John 6, 44. says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And I think we've heard this, you know, a couple of times since we've been here. And then that's repeated pretty well in verse 65. And he said, and this is Jesus talking, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to the come no, no man can come to me except it were given to him of the Father. So we're here, and I think Mr. Pettick said that yesterday, we're here not because we were so righteous, not because we were so good that we measured up, because we have, most, a lot of us have uh, siblings that, that could be a lot better at it what I am, or what we are. We've, had, we've got neighbors, schoolmates that we went to school with, so why God chose us, you know? We, we didn't have anything to do with it. God drawed us. And that particular word is from the Greek word, uh, and I'll, have, I'll give you the number first, 1670, and it's H-E-L-K-U-O, and it has a connotation, uh, not to just dra draw, but drag, 
the word says drag you know one of the words on that uh, except the father drag you you know sometimes he does he he gets kind of radical with us and it's from another word uh, uh, 1617 uh, to coil you know like you wrap a coil around somebody and, and you can drag them too so you know we're here not because that we're so great and and that we ought to snub our nose at these other people these people in other churches that don't believe like we do because God gave it to us and I think Mr. Pettig mentioned that very plainly and clearly yesterday and uh, so you know we we are confident in what we're doing because we've proved it god opened our mind and gave us the understanding but we're not we're not arrogant about it or we shouldn't be arrogant about it i know i'm not near as elegant <coughs> elegant <laughs> i'm not elegant either but i'm not as arrogant as i used to be years ago uh, i'm just going to refer to the another verse first uh, corinthians first uh, 1 26 13 and, and I'll just paraphrase it not many wise were called not many smart and intelligent and all that but uh, you know and I'm just paraphrasing because I don't have it down here uh, God called I'll just paraphrase in my own words you know the, the dumber people you know the lesser people to confound the smart people to confound the other people and, you know if they make it you know wow <laughs> Anyway, I'm just paraphrasing. You can look at that. Uh, I will go to my last scripture, Second um, Peter, first chapter. We'll put markers in there to help me get there a little quicker, and they slid down in there. Second Peter first chapter 4 through 10 and this is a, a, a very very commonly read scripture in the churches of God in fact I, I love the scripture I, I quote it every chance I get because uh, I have to continue to remind myself of these things whereby are given unto us exceeding and precious promises and boy isn't it precious what we know and understand that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and besides this giving all diligence add to your faith and i wanted to have a little more time to kind of comment on what matthew said the other day about the, the sword I, I, I don't i'll just have to do that some other time i thought it was, and i will just make a short comment i thought it was uh, something I'd never looked at before, you know, with the faith and that that shield being bent up and dented and all that. You know, I can imagine, you know, the trials that we have been through, the trials that you've been through, and some of you are going through them right now. You know, when you come out of that, you know, there have been some pretty big bangs of, of the swords and rocks and everything else that that Satan and mankind has put upon you. So that, that really meant a lot to me when uh, when he when he said that. And there's other things that others mentioned, but I don't have time now. I digress too much in the other way. But uh, anyway, thank you, Matthew, for that analogy that you gave on, on the shield. That is just, just awesome. And I wish I had time to comment on one Steve gave here a while back, but anyway, not not that, but anyway. I'm polishing polishing steels, so you know, uh, uh, they'll say something nice about me. No, I'm not really. I'm just saying that out of my heart. Um, 
Besides just getting all diligence added to your faith, as I mentioned uh, the shield, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, add temperance. You know, we add these things to it. Temperance, patience, patience, godliness, and godliness, uh, brotherly kindness, the brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things, and we, you know, we need to, re- these are all proactive things. So if we, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things, and I, I like the promises that, that come from the Bible, but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence. And I think uh, Mr. Petty mentioned so powerfully yesterday, we need to really give diligence to make our calling, the special calling that we have an election sure and you will never fall. This is a guarantee. If you do these things, you will never fall. And hope everybody has a good feast now for the rest of the eight days, yeah, the other four days of this eight.